So, so every year I share the vision this time. I just I find that uh, in January this everyone's brain is like mashed potatoes, you know. Everyone's like uh, when it comes to January because everyone's been partying all of December doing their stuff. But I'd like to I'd like to get the seed into the soil quickly. Can you guys hear me? Alright, go back. Vince, can you guys, can you guys do? Gary, can you guys can hear me? Okay. Um, I just I want every year just to get through the message clearly of what I believe that God said to us for the years to come. And uh, I, I really am excited about next year. I'm um, excited just um, in what God I need to prepare for next year. I know that 2024, um, next year in March, we'll be uh, 24 years old next year in March. So we'll church be made 24 years. Um, I'm only 36 years old, as I just look old. But we'll be 24 years old next year. It's quite interesting that the number 24 scripturally simply means the demonstration of God's strength. The demonstration of God's strength. So, so we gain to 2024, and with the 24, God is saying, I'm going to demonstrate to you who I really am next year. And I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. I, I'm so excited, I feel terrible because I feel like I'm wishing this year away, you know? But this has been a really hard year, you know? Uh, we've, we've done the impossible this year. I mean, God, look around you. This five months ago, this was nothing. I mean, think about it. There was nothing here. You know, except a little structure here. And Father's had been sitting in this place and just in awe of what God has. Yes, we've still got a lot to do, we've still got a lot to build, but we're just standing in awe of what God has done. And so when we started to look at, at 2024, there was a scripture that was stuck in my head for about a week and a half. And we all know the scripture. It's the prayer of Jabez, First um, Chronicles chapter 4, uh, verse 10. Um, and I want to read that to you if you haven't read it, but I believe it's such a defining scripture for going to next year. I mean, who, who, wants, who wants next year to be different? 18 of us, praise the Lord. Um, I love 2024, 2023. Do I want it over? No, not at all. Mr. and Mrs. Smuts, welcome. For the first time, a married couple. Good to have you guys here. You guys are smiling, so. Um, but yeah, I, I believe, especially as a church, for so long we've walked um, in a season of more than just enough. Can I say that? It's like whatever we needed, God provided for us. There was never excess, there was never abundance, there was never more than enough money or, or running out of chairs. Always God simply just provided every need that we had. And, uh, and that's been amazing. But I also do believe that we come into a season of more than abundance. And I'm not speaking finances, I'm speaking the real things, the things that we've been crying for. And if, you, if you've been in this church long enough, you'd know one thing, that it's not this that we're praying for, it's not the completion of the building that we're praying for. This is just a, a byproduct of what our hearts really desire. And what our hearts really desire to see signs, wonders, miracles in this church. Our desire is really to see the lost come to Christ, those in Christ grow and to see our community change. That is what makes us come to church every single Sunday. The church, this building is just a bonus that we can meet. But that is our purpose, that we want to change communities, that we want to see families change, we want to see teenagers change and parents change, we want to see the abundance of God come towards us. And Jabez says this prayer, and we've all done this prayer, and I think a lot of people have written about it. But it's verse 10, he simply says this, And Jabez called on the Lord, the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, 
and that you will enlarge my territory or my influence or my space, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil so that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. It's a prayer that I believe that every one of us need to pray every single day next year. It's a prayer that I think you need to get up on the wall and actually start to live in the fullness of what God has for you, what God has for me. I think so often we just live in the, in the just enough. Now we only pray when we really need a miracle. You know, we, we, we only see miracles when we pray. And we, and we don't get it that if we constantly pray, we'll constantly see miracles. But, but, but Jabez says this incredible prayer. Now, now I want you to go one verse up. And one verse up, there's an incredible statement that gets made. And it, it sounds like it's by his mother, okay? Um, but it says this. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So, so we can pray the prayer of Jabez and say, Lord, bless me, enlarge my territory. May your hand be upon me, you know, that I may not cause pain. But, but there's a prerequisite to Jabez having the confidence and the boldness to come into the presence of God. And he says, and, and, the, and before that, he says, he was more honorable than his brothers. What does it mean to be honorable? What does it mean to be a man and a woman of honor? You know, I, I'm pushing this point because it's something that we've lost in society today. You see, the word honor means you be placed in a higher place, a special person, a special a kind of a, a, a trophy. That's what it calls a place of honor. That's what it's about. And often I look around and I think, how many of us in our Christian walk, in our Christian lives, do we really bring honor to God in what it is that He does in our lives? How many of us have to simply say, God is good all the time and actually mean it? And so the word of God says that, that he was more honorable. I mean, he was an honest man. He wasn't a man that sold. He wasn't a man that cheated. He wasn't a man that lied. There was honor about him. And, and not only was there honor, but there was more honor in him. He, he was more honorable than even his brothers were. But his mother makes a statement straight down there. She says this. Um, and his brothers, and she called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, I think I listen at a season of block and epidural. Most of you have given birth in pain. Am I right? But don't give people bad names. But there's something about that phrase that says that he was birthed in pain. And as I was preparing the sermon um, for this Vision Sunday, I really sensed in my heart, I'm going to look on the Sunday now, I really sensed in my heart that there's so many here that feels that you've been birthed in pain. It's just like nothing in your life has gone right. You know what I'm talking about. It's like you know, everyone else is getting the cars and the houses and the jobs and the promotions and the good husbands and the good wives and the, the adorable kids and you just, you get the other side of the stick. You're the one that has to work for everything. You're the one that has to make everything come together. You're the one that has to be. You're the one that has to be. You're the one that has to drive the Ford. You know what I mean? <laughs> just joking, Sylvia. But, but there's a season that I believe that is coming in the church where God is going to take you guys out of your season of pain and establish you. You know, the crazy thing is this, that Chantal's been, Chantal's been away for 12 days. 
in 10 days, she went to go send the doctor, my daughter had all the scans and all that kind of stuff done with pregnancy. And it was terrible. I must feel like you cannot believe. I couldn't sleep at night. I'd be to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, tossed and turned, had my own food. I used paper plates. Very clever. <laughs> the one night I actually ate out of the pots. I didn't have to do more dishes. I tell you guys, this bachelor life is the business. All we need is a wife just to come sleep with her at night and then she can go the next morning. Now I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I'm sitting with her last night and I picked up airport yesterday afternoon at 3 o'clock and uh, last night at 8 o'clock we're sitting in the bed and we're chatting and, and all of a sudden it's like he's never left. We don't know what No, we're chatting and we're laughing and, and we're doing our thing and, but it's like she never left. It's like the pain of the last five days all of a sudden disappears. And I wake up this morning and she's there and I'm like, oh, this is great. And all of a sudden I've forgotten what the last seven days were like. But I mean, I watch women on videos go through like excruciating pain. It's, like, it's almost like a man's headache, alright? <laughs> the thing afterwards is this that five minutes after that baby is born, the pain is forgotten. Hey, am I right, ladies? Like five minutes after <laughs> something. Okay, maybe more than five. Ten, okay. Sorry, I didn't see yours yet. It's about ten minutes afterwards, okay? But you forget about the pain because God presents you with something particularly different. And I know I've been flipping about God now, but I believe that's a season that many of you are coming in. It has been a season of pain. It's been a season of struggle. Some of you have gone through divorce. Some of you have had to close your business during COVID. Some of you have faced tragedy. Some of you have lost loved ones during the last season. And it just feels like there's been this constant pain in your life. But God, but God, if you're sitting here today, let me tell you something, but God, I don't know what it is that you do, I don't know what it is that you gave to you, but I would prophetically want to say to you this morning, your season of pain is coming to an end. You see, when your season of pain comes to an end, there's a boldness that comes upon us. I mean, have you seen dads after their wives give birth? You swear they gave birth. Look at my child. The wife's been doing six stuff in the bed. Look at my child. You know, the dad's the first person to boast with the child. You don't even give birth to it. And there's a point in that. That it doesn't matter what God is going to do in your life. I want to say this to you. You boast about it. Maybe you didn't solve the problem. Maybe you didn't solve the situation you're in. But God will come through and you will boast about it. And see, when you get to that space in your life, then all of a sudden you can tell God, Father, that you bless me indeed. But Father, I believe that it's my time. I believe it's my season, Father. But you also got to understand there's a few things that go along with us. But Father, this is my season. I want you to enlarge my everything, enlarge my authority, enlarge my presence, enlarge what it is that I'm doing. And often it's not the building, and often it's not the finances, and often it's not, you know, the, the work situation. Often it's just about you. That God's wanting to launch yours in who you are so here, who you are as Ruan, you know, who you are as Hannes. That's what God wants to do. Because as long as the enemy keeps you guys confined, 
in this still space, as long as you keep you confined in this womb of pain and in this womb, yes, I do a lot of good stuff today. I don't know where it's all coming from, but I hope she's done with me. But when God comes, when you're in the space of pain, who understands it? Like, like you're like a baby, you've like got this water around you, and you, you can't see anything, and you know there's a big world out there. And you know that God was the great things, but, but as long as God takes patterns and keeps you confined, or the devil keeps you confined in that sack, we'll never find out his true potential, we'll never find out God's true potential. And so often it's in pain, what happens? And once we pay its birth, we can say this is the Father that you bless me indeed. That you enlarge me. That you enlarge my space. That you enlarge my influence over people. My influence over the community. My influence over the marketplace. Over businesses. My influence over my family. My influence over my kids. And he carries on and he says this. He says, and he lost maturity, that your hand would be with me. I love the way he didn't say your hand will be on me, but he says your hand will be with me. You know what I love about that? You know what I love about your hand will be with me? They will be with me. You see, there's a difference between God saying my hand is upon you. There's a big difference between my hand will be with me. You see, this is what God wants to do to Jesus. This is what God wants to do. Not this. It's this. They got him with me. They got with you in the season. He wants a journey what it is that he wants to do in your life. And he carries on and he says this, your hand will be with me and that you keep me from evil. Listen to this. That you keep me, <coughs> correct me from evil, from the things that are not in your will and in your purpose. And the next verse says, that I may not cause pain. Blessing me. Enlarge my space, enlarge my territory, may your Holy Spirit be with me to guide me that I will not do evil. And most importantly, Lord, I ask that when you're called, when you're with me and you're on me and you enlarge my space, that I will stop all the pain. So I think good Jesus says that I might not be in pain. But I love this. Because if we can go into the new season, understanding that we're not there because pain, but we show God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. You see, pain often comes from a place of frustration. Pain comes from a place of hurt. Pain comes from a place of, of not understanding certain stuff. And every one of us know in the room here this morning that, that when we're frustrated, or when we're angry, on going according to plan. It's quite easy to let things come out of our mouth that they should never come out. And when things come out of our mouth that should never come out, let me tell you something, you can never ever take back what you've spoken. Think about it. God, your mouth. God, your mouth came to 2024. Because you will cause pain if you do not control the tongue. The word of God, the promise is that actually the tongue is the rudder to life. It is the rudder to what God, the direction that you will take next year will be according to what you speak. How many of you speak blessings over your family every day? How many of you pray as a father in the name of Jesus? I thank you that my daughter is blessed. 
I want to thank you that you walk in your favor and in your anointing and in your power. And thank you, Father, for my son that's got authority. Father, I want to thank you that love that he has for you and for his family. Bless me indeed. Lord, bless me indeed. Not bless me indeed. Bless me in such a way, Father, that I can be a blessing to those around me. Because at the end of the day, that's what blessing is really about. That if God blesses me, I should be there to bless others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And God will give birth to you in the new season. And you will be a new person and you'll be blessed indeed. And God will give authority. God will launch your territory. And God's hand will be with you. And, and God, you will not cause pain in the new season. But there's something that you need to do. There's something about 2024, and if there's one word that I want to say that's going to sum up 2024, and it's this boldness. Be who God has called you to be, unapologetically. Be who God has made you to be. Stop trying to be someone else. Stop trying to be this person that you're not. Stop trying to impress the world around you. You do you, boo. Very simple. You do you. I stand amazed at how I see people act and speak about stuff and how they will boast about stuff. But there's no glory that goes to God in How people live that completely different life. Simply because we haven't got the courage or the bold to speak out, to say what it is. And that's where we cause pain, because that is the kind of frustration that so many of us carry in our hearts. Not understanding. You know, often people think, oh well, you know, so-and-so is aggressive. Sometimes they're not aggressive, sometimes they're just frustrated. And as human beings, things come out of our mouth because we're frustrated. And we've got to check our hearts. You know what the problem is? That we stop communicating. We stop communicating. My mother WhatsApps me. A voice note. The cheek. She's my mom. I'm teasing her. I voice note her. Think about it. Think about it. I actually thought about it other day. I was listening to my mom and I put her on the phone and she could just phone her. It would have taken the same amount of time. We've lost the art of communication. We don't know how to communicate well anymore. Because everything is a message, everything is on the thumbs, everything is on the screen. And, 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 we, and we're losing this. There's nothing better than a good old phone call to say, how's it? There's nothing like a good old phone call from your mom who we have to say, hey, how's it going? How you There's nothing better for me than to FaceTime my grandkids overseas and just to see their faces. I, I can do your voice overseas. But is it really the same thing? No, it's not. And going into 2024, we've got to have the boldness, but not just the boldness, we also got to have the confidence to be able to communicate and communicate well with each other. Because let me tell you something, this communication here 
enhances this communication here. You can't send him a voice note. You can't send him a little mail. You can't send him a little text. You first go to sleep Teenagers that are struggling to pray because they don't know how to pray without a phone in their hand. That is the only form of communication. They've got no idea how to intercede and pray with the Father. You know? Father, what is this? And it's not just them, it's us. We come into the world right now with these emails and everything is digital, everything is this. How many of us are really being, do, doing well at this, of communicating with God effectively? A lot of us are not doing it. A lot of us don't even know what this looks like. It's become a factual communication. Yes, hello, God, forgive me. I'm a bad person. Please bless my finances. Look after my wife. And if we want to experience the goodness of God in 2024, if we want to understand the power that God has for us in 2024, we've got to get to the place where we communicate well, where we are bold in what we believe and what we stand for. And when I started to prepare, just going into the year, there was one phrase that, the phrase that came up and over the next two, three weeks, um, I'm going to be just breaking down the vision probably this week and next week. But there was a saying that came to mind that is very simple. Uh, um, and it, says, it said, we are building an authentic Christian community. If we look at Oasis, what are we doing next year? We're building, building an authentic Christian community. I'm going to break that down and make sure we look up the building. What does it look like? What does it look like? What does it look like to be Christian? What does it look like to be a community? Because I think that those things are important. But I looked at the term bowling, and I want to just do that one this morning. Look at the term bowling. And what does it mean to bowl? What is God saying? And when I look at the definition of bowling, it simply says an action or a trade of building something. An action or a trade of building something. So when you think about bowling, you can bowl physically, and we've done that. But there's also the spiritual and emotional building in our lives. And, and for us, I believe in spiritually next year, God's calling us to build. Not buildings, but to build community, to build family, to build relationships, to build what it is that God has and the purpose and the plans that God has for us. Never be confused by building the physical and building in the spiritual because they're two different things. I'm reminded of the scripture in Matthew 7, 24, that he says a very simple thing. He says, a wise man, I'm going to paraphrase, he says, a wise man built his house upon the rock. Now let me explain to you what is happening here because the very key to what it is that God wants to do in your life and through my life next year is how we start something and how we finish and the in-between. But you see, so many of us start wrong. So many of us start with wrong emotions or wrong motives or wrong ideas or greed or whatever it might be. The Word of God says, a wise man, a man, a wise man will look at what he's building upon. And I've got to ask you that, what is it that you're building on? The word of God, God carries on and says that actually, that the wise man built his house upon the rock, where the storms and the rain and the house have paid that house stood. And he carries on and says, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when the rain and the storms and the wind came, what happened? The house collapsed and blew down. 
I have built far too many houses that have connected in my life. You know why? Because I see what needs to be done, but the foundations are wrong. And if you and I want to build well next year, if you and I want to get to a place next year where God's going to do great things in and through our lives, you and I have to get to the place that firstly, our foundations are right. Do you believe that you believe? That if God says that by my stripes you are healed, do you believe that? That Jesus said greater things that you do than I did, do you believe that? Or is just part of the scripture? Is just part of something that you say? Think about it. You've got to be challenging in your theology. You've got to be challenging what it is that God wants to do in your life. What does your foundation look like? The foundation is very simple. It's the word of God. It's the prayer of God. It's your relationship with God that enables that foundation to be strong. I know when you start building a foundation, it consists of simple stuff. It consists of pressure, it consists of cement, and it consists of sand. Those three elements mixed with water is what laid the foundation for what's going on here. And you and I need to look at that. What does the word of God look like in our lives? What does my private time, my personal time, my prayer time with God look like going into 2024? Is my prayer time good? Am I in relationship with God, or is a God in need? Is a God indeed? That only when the pope eats the fan, then we want to pray. Is, is that my God that I serve? The Word of God, do I read the Word of God to understand the Word of God, or do I read the Word of God to stop condemnation coming upon myself? Do I study the Word of God, or just, do I just read my daily devotional three lines, and God said, let it be light. Oh, that's for me today, Lord. It's like a horoscope. You've got to study the Word of God. You cannot take one scripture and then, oh, this is for me, when you haven't read what's before and what's after. This has become the very foundation of what you build on. And if you don't understand the Word of God, if you don't know the Word of God, then you don't know God. You know why? Because this book goes all around the This is their last story. This is their biography. This is what they're about. This is what makes them think. This is how we know who God is. And if you and I can never read the book, guess what happens when the exams come? If we, this is not part of our foundation, what happens when the storms come? And the trials? And the tribulations? And the rain? And the wind? The house says that if you've got both of those records, it's going to fall down. It's going to fall down. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, it says this. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, listen to this, I have laid the foundations, others will build on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Paul warns us, he says, hey, yes, I'm a master builder, and I build on the next time, but be very careful to take note how you build. Take note how you build. There's a reason why God wants to do some stuff in your life and through you. But God cannot work through you if God can't even get to you. 
We all want signs and wonders and miracles. We all want our bank balance to be there. We all want to be HAPPY in our marriage. <clears throat> but it all depends on how we build, how we establish what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. And we can do this, this Christian thing every now and again, and we can come to church once a month and, you know, sing a couple of songs and it'll be good. You see, but there's a boldness that came with Jehu, a boldness that he knew he's God, that he lived an honorable life. And even though he was birthed in pain, he had the confidence to say to God, simple thing, bless me indeed. You see, I think before we get to that place of blessing, there's a phase that we need to go through to actually turn around and evaluate what does the body look like. Now those of you that have built before, physically built a building or a house or a church, understand a few things. And it's very important that we get to simple the basics. I'm going to mention a few things to you this morning in, in short and I want you guys to to uh, just listen to what it is I've got to say. I've got 10 minutes. All right. But the first thing is this, is this. Sorry, I'll, I'll put you. One, if you want to build correctly, get a good boulder. Now you see, your boulder determines what your boulder looks like. If I had to get a bad boulder, all these walls would be skewed, they'd be this. And when I speak about getting a good boulder, I want to say this to you. Find somebody that can speak into your life effectively. Someone that gives you guidance, someone that gives you direction. Yes, it might not be me, it might be someone else. But find someone that you can bounce things off. Find someone that you can discuss stuff with. Find someone that can help you and encourage you in your journey. Not just encourage you, but also that you would encourage them. Secondly, this, I learned in the building process here. Make sure the right stuff on site. You see, it's no use me buying five tons of plank when we're building the bricks. It's no use me buying carpets when I've got sand on the floor. Make sure that you've got the right stuff in your life. What is the right stuff in your life? It's one, your relationship with God. Two, it's a quality prayer time. Three, it's the study of God's word. And fourthly, it's the fellowship of the saints. Those things are important. Those things are important that if you want to build that house and stand the test of time. It's got to be in prayer. It's got to be in the word of God. It's got to be in fellowship. And it's got to be in an intimate relationship with him. I want God to be the best year ever next year. But we've got to get things right. Get things right, sorry. Thirdly, I want to say this. Have a vision of where you're going. The word of God says the vision, the body without vision will perish. Have a vision of what 2024 will look like for you. You see, before I bought this, I had a vision. Oh, not I bought this. Stop, stop saying that. You bought this, all right? We had a vision of what it looked like. We knew more or less that the toilets were going to be there, and then we needed the bathroom over there, and then this wall would be here, and then this would be there, and this would be there. We had a vision of what it looked like. You've got to have a vision of what 2024 is going to look like for you. 
What are your expectations for 2024? What are the things you want to achieve for 2024? Who are the people you want to reach in 2024? What are the things you want to do for 2024? Do you want to get involved in ministry? Do you want to open up a community group in your home? Do you want to get involved in youth? Do you want to come on a Wednesday to the Golden Oldies? Do you want to become part of a Bible study? Show the vision. They all of us have a vision. I want to become dead free. To tell myself I'm working towards that thing right now. We, we, we consider that we want to be dead free. And so every cent now goes to Why? Because that's the way we believe that God wants us to live dead free. But it takes a hell of a lot of sacrifice to get to where you want to be. But it's got to start somewhere. See the vision. What does Graham Humphreys look like next year? What does Kelly look like next year? What is the plan, the purpose that God has for you? What is, the, what is the word that God has given me for next year? Don't you all go and steal Jabez now all of a sudden? Now you're gonna find your own, you're gonna find your own scripture. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you for next year? What is the word that God has given you for next year? Have a vision. Fourthly, have a plan of how that vision is gonna succeed. Before we could build you, we need to get an architect. And we had to sit down and say to him, well, this is what we want, and this is what we want, and this is what we want. And he went away, he took a lot of lines, charged us the fortune, and brought a piece of paper back to us with, with 25 lines on it. So that's what we were both. You see, because in that plan, there was details of what the foundation looked like. In that plan, there was details of the length of the building and the width of the building. In that plan, there was what the structure would look like eventually when it came together. In that plan, it told us what kind of a floor we'd have and where the windows and where the doors would be. As much as you have a vision, do you have a plan for next year? Or are you just going to win it like every other year? Because winning it doesn't matter. And most of you are impatient between winning it for quite a long. No vision, no purpose, no communication, no plan. Imagine. If God answered half your prayers in what serious trouble you should be right Think about it. There's one thing that I learned during having a vision and getting the plan together and getting the right people on site and getting the right material in place. There's one thing that I learned that was quintessential in going forward and was this. That every now and again you have to inspect everything that has been built on the property. You've got to make sure that the water is straight before they build it. You've got to make sure that the reduce is coming before they put it in. You've got to make sure where the lines are going. You've got to inspect it. That's the same thing with your vision that you set. Every three months you've got to inspect your vision. How far have I come? How's the relationship with God? Has it grown? Has it come to a place where I, I'm, I'm good to stand with God? Am I studying the Word of God? Am I in fellowship every single Sunday? Am I at church? Am I being involved in community? Am I, you've got to inspect what your vision and your plan and whatever it is that God is doing in your life. Then lastly, you've got to define the purpose. Listen to me. You've got to define the purpose that every person is going to play in your life next year. You have to define the role or the purpose of every person to end your life next year. Most of you are such a bad space because you're hanging on to a relationship that wouldn't be in the first place. 
Most of you are in bad situations. You've got bad people around you because you have not been bold enough to speak the truth. You have not been bold enough to tell them exactly what it is. So what you do is you just view with them over the last few years. The problem is that as you humor people, people keep you in exactly the same space. What is it, or who is it, that you need to be out of your Think about it. Don't go look at your wife's guys, I'm not speaking about that. That's not what I'm speaking about. Go on, focus that. Think about it. You see, there's some umbilical cords that need to be cut. There's some soul ties that need to be broken. People that have got control over you, you don't know why they've got control over you. People that say things to you, just snap at them, just like that, and they say it. Or they just lead you down the wrong path each and every time. Who knows? Be careful. Be careful. So what are we saying? That 2024 is going to be a year that we're going to build. And we said we're going to build authentic Christian relationships. I'll carry on with that next week. But let's start by the building. That as we go home today, check out your foundations. What is in your foundations? Check out your relationship with God. Make sure you have a vision for next year. Make sure you have the right people in place. Make sure you remove the wrong people out of your lives. Make sure that you have a plan for next year going forward. And lastly, I'm going to say this to you, that everything that you do next year, be committed to it. If you cannot commit to something, don't start it. If you cannot commit to a Bible study, don't start it, because you're going to frustrate yourself and you're going to bring condemnation upon yourself. But be committed. Be committed in your church. Be committed in your giving. Be committed in your fellowship. Be committed in what God is doing in your life and what is God doing through you. It's so important that we understand this stuff. It's so important that we get excited about what God wants to do in you. And yes, you've been in a season of pain. And yes, you've been in a season where you've been birthed. And yes, you've been in a season where you don't understand why it's gone wrong the way it has. But we're coming to the end of that season, amen? 2024. God's display of his power. God's display of his strength. I don't know about you, but I want you to walk into 2024 bold, courageous, without fear, knowing your God, and knowing the purpose that God has for you. Maybe she just said, it's getting like a hot in here, eh? I can check all the aunties with menopause, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, hey, Kurt, you better stop at now time. I'm falling asleep here. Okay, let's stand up. Let's sit down there. Where the piano goes? The piano is on for you. Are you piano player? Woo! I'm going to encourage you guys. The gold oldies have got a little thrift shop at the back. There's still some old clothes and that. We just give it a nation. It's fun. Please stay there, have some coffee and, and some biscuits and we've got some mud pie there and cookies and, and sit, just sit around, don't run away, don't run away, just spend some time, you take it up off in your You can buy pizza, and those are, if you, if you want to book for the breakfast or the young guys, 
just go to the back and you can pay you can do that as well for us. So can we buy this morning? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you so much for your grace on our lives. We thank you so much for the love. Not just that you have for us. Lord, but the incredible love that you're developing in us to love you back. And I want to thank you this morning for every bit of pain that has been caused in the year of 2023 because I know you're healing it. I thank you for the rocky, bumpy road that some of us have had because it's taught us lessons in the valley that mountaintops, mountaintops could not teach us. And we want to be wise master builders next year. We want to go to 2024 with a plan and a vision, with a goal and a purpose, with the right people. And we just want to see you do incredible things in this church. I pray that your glory will flow out of your souls into the streets of East Town, Lorraine, and Hummel Park, and to grow grow into all these places. I pray that the church become like us, and the church will only become like us when the people are there for And I want to pray that you set the church on fire. I pray that your presence will come upon every person in this room this morning. Our Father, I pray that your glory will burn on them, Father. Like an unbeliever, I could see you fighting upon their lives. I want to pray that even as they believe the prophet today, that they will see Jesus, the risen Lord, over their lives. That they will see the glory of God upon you this morning, church. That as they have had the sickness that they can heal, that as they see the demon the sickness that they can heal. And in that speak about the authentic Christian community next week, I pray that you speak to speak to our hearts and to our lives. And for those of us that haven't been in that time of birth, over time of pain in our lives, I pray the Spirit of God that you would just cause us just to step into what it is that you have for us. May the season of labor pains be gone. May the season of celebrations come towards us as a church and as a people. And I pray on this God that you come and be glorified in this house today and forevermore I ask in Jesus' name. And if you need prayer for anything, 